Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 49th Best Picture winner, Rocky. This is the episode you have all been waiting for. I know it is the episode I have been waiting for for a, a while. I'm going to say the better part of a year. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get through all of the downers, like all yes, of them. Oh, finally, which I uh, I definitely was like crying into my wine glass by the end of this movie. And um, I think some of that was just relief at having a delightful, inspirational, happy ending. Happy, satisfying ending. Such a satisfying ending. And like, even though he wasn't victorious, he was victorious. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's yeah, like... We'll talk about it. Yeah. I really anyway, want to talk sorry. about the ending. Um, that's okay. I just, I'm so excited. Um, Ian, you're going to have to keep me in check on this one. Uh, so Rocky is a 1976 American sports drama uh, centering around a boxer, Rocky, and his... Uh, Trials and tribulations, I guess, fighting the champion. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, it's directed by John G. Alvidson and was written by and stars Sylvester Stallone um, as the titular Rocky. Uh, Stallone was not at all well known at the time. He was a struggling actor and he wrote this script and I think it was like three days or something um, after having watched a pretty famous fight go down. Um, and he was adamant that he wanted to star in it, uh, which made it difficult to sell. He actually refused to sell it several times because studios loved the script, but were like, oh, we're going to make it like a vehicle for one of our like established stars. Um, but he did so well. Like, oh, Yes. I can't imagine anybody else in this role. I just love. I think he's perfect for it. That that is such a meta situation there where it's like Rocky is the underdog in the film. Stallone is the underdog in real life. And they both knock it out of the park. Yes. Well, agreed to use a, the wrong sports metaphor, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> knock it out of the ring. I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, eventually he, he found people who were willing to get on board with that. Um, it also stars Talia Shire, who we have seen in our Godfather movies, but she is finally given some real shit to actually do. And she is amazing. Honestly, she was, in my opinion, a bright spot in the Godfather movies. Agreed. And so much better here, too. So I, seeing her actually have like a good script. Oh, my God. And like stuff to actually do with her character. Mm -hmm. She's phenomenal. Um, also, Burt Young and Burgess Meredith and Carl Weathers, all three of which are also amazing in this movie. Like the cast is just oh, on point. I'm amazed that they were able to get all those people with Sylvester Stallone in this, though. <laughs> Um, I don't know how Burt Young's career was at the time. And I guess Talia Shire would have been a, a decent, a, a decent name. Mm -hmm. uh, it had a budget of just over a million dollars and then became the highest grossing movie of 1976. It was mostly filmed on location in Philly, which I think adds a lot to it. It does. Like you get the gritty 70s cityscape that. I just worry about Rocky walking alone until I remember he's like a, a boxer <laughs> and can boxer. hold his own. So <laughs> I'm going to jump into its awards and nominations because we have a lot to talk about in this movie. We do. Um, 
It was nominated for 10 awards and only won three. Uh, other than Best Picture, uh, Alvidson won for Best Director. Stallone was nominated for Best Actor, but did not win. Talia Shire was nominated for Best Actress, but did not win. Both Burgess Meredith and Burt Young were nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, neither won. It won for Best Film Editing. Uh Gonna Fly Now was nominated for Best Original Song, but didn't win. And it was nominated for Best Sound. I have so many opinions on Gonna Fly Now. Mostly the fact that why did we need lyrics? We did not need lyrics, but okay. I'm kind of, I'm okay with it, Ian. It's, it's of the time. Iconic. Don't question. Um, I always question because I don't, I'm not blinded by, <laughs> wait, no, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack what I was trying to say something along the lines of, because I'm not as much of a film buff as you are. I go into these not knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> I also don't know what I'm talking about. I just know what I love, and I love Rocky. <laughs> um, while it didn't get quite as much love at the Oscars as I think we would have liked it to, uh, it is on a shit ton of AFI lists, yeah. uh, the American Film Institute lists. Uh, it was originally number 78 on the original top 100 list. It jumped to number 57 on the 10th anniversary edition. It is number 52 on AFI's top thrills. Rocky is the number seven hero on AFI's heroes and villains. Uh, Gonna Fly Now is number 58 on top songs. I know you don't like that there are lyrics, but like, God, what an iconic song and what an iconic score. Okay, so I, I said that and now in my head I'm like, Wanna fly now? Nope. <laughs> like, yep. It's going to be in my Take head. It back. <laughs> Take it back. Um, Yo Adrian is number 80 on AFI's top quotes. It is number four on AFI's top 100 cheers. And it is number two on AFI's top sports films. Do you know what was number now. one on the sports films? I think it was Raging Bull, which is actually another boxing one. Interesting. Let me check. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. That one with Robert De Niro. I like lists and I like movies. So I love those lists. Um, <laughs> I've not actually seen Raging Bull. Same. So I cannot comment. So yes, it was nominated for 10 awards. Yes, it only won three. Um, but there's kind of a reason for that. Sometimes we have years where we're just like, how did so many amazing films happen all in this one year and why couldn't they have been spread out a little bit so we didn't have to watch some films that we did not like so much um other nominees from 1976 all the president's men which is amazing bound for glory network and taxi driver all films that are like considered phenomenal great classics oh Okay. So really strong, really, really strong competition. Also out that year, just for like some stuff that w wasn't nominated for Best Picture that also are like great films from 76. Uh, Carrie, Logan's Run, The Omen, uh, the Streisand remake of A Star is Born, and uh, Murder by Death. Oh, Murder by which Death. Which is a, an absolute classic. Um, it is a, a spoof movie that Ian and I both absolutely adore. But yeah, so just in general, great year for film. Yeah, it's. Hey, OK, it didn't win. That's fine. I'll I'll tolerate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think personally, granted, I have not seen every single one of those. I 
personally, I think would give those acting Oscar. I mean, I would give all the Oscars to Rocky, I think, but that's just me. <laughs> I feel like the acting noms, it should have won. At least the won. two main ones. At least the two main ones. Um, I have who did win. So, ooh, it, Peter Finch won for Network, though, and Faye Dunaway won for Network, and they're both really good in that. Mm. Oh, that's so. That's a tough one, Ian. Uh, but still, I, I don't know. I mean, I like Rocky more. Oh God, that's so tough. Oh, we won't harp on that because I'll have an existential crisis. Um, a couple other non-Rocky related things, but cool things from that Oscar ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it, we had the first ever female nominee for best director that year, uh, Lena Vertmuller for seven beauties. And then, uh, Streisand became the first woman to be honored as a composer for a song that she wrote for uh, a star is born. And I think might be the only person to date who has won for both an acting Oscar and songwriting. Oh, nice. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. I love Barbara Streisand. Let's go to watch notes. Sounds good there. Cause there are a lot of them. So, um, yeah, I think, One thing that I love about this film is the way it does the characterization of the main folks that we care about. So like Rocky. First off, I just love the title screen with the score coming in hot. Just (laughs) Rocky and big black letters. I just I'm here for it. But then we dive straight into these character introductions. Well, and the thing, too, with that intro, though, like visually, I find it amazing. So it's like him in the ring fighting, but it starts with this focus on, uh, some art of Jesus above the ring, just looking down on them, uh, as they're fighting and this parallel, they kind of come back to it later, which I really like. Um, but you can tell that this is like a brutal fight. Rocky is maybe holding back a little bit and he looks a little bit rough, but ultimately he throws some punches. So we know he is at least powerful, maybe not the best fighter given the venue he's in. But yeah, that is like it's, it sets up, up his setup. situation so well. Um, I also I don't know if you got these vibes, um, but I got major on the waterfront vibes almost immediately when uh he, people are telling him he fights like a bum if you calling him a bum and <laughs> yeah. all all i could think was i could have been a contender i could have been somebody instead of a bum which i am and i at the end of this i actually made a list of all the parallels i saw to on the waterfront so i want to i want to bring that up at the end nice do it um but speaking to his situation in particular the scene right after where they're talking through what they're getting paid for this fight and how little they actually take home it's, like it's super clear God. that they are in straits well, and it's like, it's for such a brutal fight. It's like, that's all he, like, that's all you got. And it's like, they tell him the, like, he is told what he gets paid for, for like for winning. But then it's like, minus the locker, minus the doctor, so minus half, all of this stuff. Like half. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. But we get to his fighter side and it's immediately contrasted with his like softy pet side. So he walks home, gets into his apartment and he has these two pet turtles and a pet Cuff and fish Link <laughs> and Moby Dick. Their names are so cute, but he like the way that he talks to them and this like genuine 
emotion he seems to have for them. Like I wouldn't be fighting if I, uh, you all could uh, sing and dance. It's like, he's providing for his family, even if his family is two turtles and a fish. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Rocky and animals is, is so adorable. It's endearing um, as it, hell. I love it. Yes, it is. There is a wonderful contrast in his character and I, we'll talk about it too. When we talk about Apollo Creed, but there's like a, a wonderful subversion of expectations and stereotype. Mm -hmm. I think with the character of Rocky, how like he is a fighter, but he's a total sweetheart. Yeah. Well, and he even, there's a scene a little bit later on in kind of this first part where he walks, uh, a kid neighbor home, like a a girl kid neighbor home. Mm -hmm. Now, while I'm kind of like, okay, the, the speech that you're giving is very dated about like your reputation and how you have to be better and all of that. Like people, people will call you a whore if you're a girl who swears and like mm -hmm. smokes and talks a certain way. Yeah. It's, it's the over, like the message of it is very like of the time and sexist, but we're going to do the thing where we like dig in a little deeper and pull (laughs) back the layers. But the crux of that whole speech is all about respect and mm-hmm. Rocky's want for respect. And we get that immediately with him, like talking to the turtles. Stallone does a great job, not just delivering lines, but even when he's like staring in the mirror and he's like practicing what we learn, figure out is he's practicing the joke that he's going to tell Adrian in the pet shop the next That's day. So sweet about the turtle <laughs> food. But he also is looking at like the picture of his young self and mm-hmm. you just you see the pain in his eyes because we get the idea that he feels like he kind of has nothing. He has no respect. Yeah. Well, and that scene in particular, one, the acting Sylvester Stallone is killing it. And then two, it kind of speaks to some of the shot composition and cinematography that this film does so well. So the way that they're able to set him up in the mirror next to the photograph of him as a young kid is so effective. Um, they do similar things like that throughout the film, but this was the first one that I think really stood out to me. Yeah. So rolling into some of those pet store pieces, this is where we also get an introduction to Adrian who, yeah, let's, let's talk about early Rocky and Adrian. Oh yes. So Rocky, you know, he comes in talking about the like moths and the flies and the turtle food, which is just like so endearing that, one, he cares enough about the turtles to be like, this might be something that would be a problem. And then two, wants to try and interact with Adrian in a way that is like yeah. sweet and non-threatening and like all this. And funny yeah. and cute. And uh, Talia Sh- uh, Shire, her physicality as, and we see it change mm-hmm. throughout her performance, but that initial physicality, uh, I was, I have a note that's like, oof, that haircut. Um, well, and the way she like rounds her back and makes herself smaller than she is like barely makes eye contact, but you'll see her like kind of glance up at Rocky and like, she's like smiling, but like looking away when he's telling the joke. So we get this idea that like this woman is painfully shy, mm-hmm. but also really finds him charming and likes him. Yeah. It's like those steel stolen glances back at him as she's like going downstairs to clean out the cat cages. It's great. Yeah. But the other part here that we get is Rocky's love of animals in all of these scenes. So it's like, even with the dog um, and his name is escaping. No, but but ski something like that. I don't butt kiss. Butt kiss. Thank you. I was close. <laughs> but that was, that was Stallone's actual dog. Oh, um, it's just like he genuinely cares. And I know 
that is something that I've heard is often people are more willing to tolerate the death of a character than a death of a dog in a film. So like, this is kind of the reverse <laughs> of that <laughs> where it's just making you love him more. It really like 10, you're like 10, 15 minutes into the film. And I'm already like, I will defend this character yeah. with my life. Like I love this character. Like you just, you feel for him. And Stallone is so good at like, you see every emotion on his face. Mm -hmm. You're like, this character is a sweetheart and such a good person. And I just, he, I feel so bad for him and I just want to see him succeed. I do want to call out too, that with Stallone's performance, we also very quickly understand that Rocky is not very bright. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's not. I mean, he's been punched in the head a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but the one, the two things that I appreciate one, it's done in a way that is not disparaging and then two, he's self-aware. He's self-aware and he'll joke about it, but you can also tell he's self-conscious about it. Oh, yeah. There was a scene later on with the the TV interview. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I, that entire scene is just like maybe, maybe my favorite in the whole movie. It's good. Yeah, um, the Christmas scene. Oh, no, no. This was before that where uh, this was initially when he was. Uh, oh, we'll you're get right. To you're it. right. We'll get to it. We can. Great. Right. Sorry. We'll yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, now, the one, I guess, downside that Adrian has to deal with is her fucking brother, Polly. Polly is a nightmare. It's one of those things where you're like, why is Rocky friends with him? But you also get the feeling that like Rocky's friends with everybody yeah. because that's Rocky. And then Polly just doesn't have anybody else because Rocky's the only person sweet enough to tolerate him. Yeah. So Polly... We're introduced to him in a tavern. He's trying to get Rocky to introduce him to Rocky's boss, Gazzo. Because we've also established by this time that Rocky works for a loan shark yeah. and is like kind of the muscle for this loan shark, which again, it's like the layers of Rocky. Like he has in this job that's like a a bad mean job, but yeah. he's just such a nice guy that like he's not gonna break the guy's thumb even though Gazzo told him to, if the guy couldn't pay. And then Rocky's like, well, you know, I figured that like he'd get laid off and then he can't pay you. And like, he's good for it. And I love that Gazzo also has so much affection for Rocky. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I read some stuff that people were being like, Oh, that's like romanticizing gangsters a little bit. And I was like, no, even mean people have things they care about right. and people they care about. Yeah. And people they care about. It just so happens that Gazzo cares a lot about Rocky because who wouldn't Ian? Exactly. But Polly wants to be introduced to Gazzo uh, because he hates working in the meat plant that he works in. And Rocky is subtly refusing to do that. And I love that Rocky is shrewd enough to understand that recommending Polly would be a horrendous choice, given yeah. what a loose cannon Polly is like. He's doing it in a way like basically saying no to Polly in a way that he's trying to be nice without saying like, no, you're a violent drunk who is going to forget how to do this shit. And Gadzo's going to like end up doing something bad to you. Like that is what I heard. Or you're going to take it too far and hurt mm -hmm. somebody else for sure. So again, Rocky trying to protect him, even if he's in that situation. But really what mm -hmm. I'm seeing here is like Rocky is more a victim of circumstance and less of an active participant is that me being a rocky apologist probably um like he could get a different job maybe he can't but i yeah. really love rocky maybe he can't and as he says to mickey it's it's a living like he needs a job 
because we saw how little he gets paid. Yeah. Yeah. But he could work in a pet store. Anyway, I don't it's fine. Yeah, leave leave Rocky alone. <laughs> leave him alone. He could work on the docks with the guy that Let's he was shaking talk down. About <laughs> the date. Yes. So this is Thanksgiving night. I appreciate that I counted it three times. Rocky asked Polly if Adrian knows that Rocky is coming. Yes, because Polly is aware that Rocky likes Adrian. And Polly is like such an ass to Adrian. He like... It happens multiple times over the film. I mean, he calls her a loser constantly. He tells her she's dumb. Mm-hmm. He's always like, Rocky, I don't understand what you see in my sister. Like, what an asshole. Like, no wonder Adrian looks just completely beaten down. Like, if this is the dude that she has to put up with. Yeah, he's just a, such an angry little man. And I just, I, I can't. A drunk, angry, angry little man. I will say this for Burt Young's performance. Polly's terrible. But you see his pain and you mm-hmm. see uh, to an extent you see how he how and why he is the way he is. And I think that's a testament to Burt Young's performance mm-hmm. that like I don't like Polly, but you pity him because he's just such such a pitiful character. Like, yeah, like his, well his life kind of sucks. It does. It, again, does not excuse that abusive turkey scene where it's like. You will go out with this person. So one, such problems there. It, it, I'm just ripping a leg off the turkey and throwing it into the alley. Because it, the minute they walk into the door, it is clear that despite the fact that Polly has told Rocky three times that, yes, Adrian knows he's coming. Adrian does not know oh, he's coming. Out, flat out says it. Like, look at me. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Which it's like, I'm not ready to go on a date because I've been cooking in the kitchen and I'm wearing my comfy cooking clothes. But it's also like, a, I'm not emotionally ready because I've spent my entire life being told that I'm terrible and not worthy of love. Like, And whose fault is that, Polly? Oh, yeah, Polly. <laughs> so um, Polly throws the turkey in the alley. Uh, Adrian runs crying back to the room. There's the bit where Rocky's talking to her through the door. And Polly's like, no, just say, just be funny. (laughs) And I like the back and forth though with that, where Polly's like, be funny. And Rocky's like, I don't know, man, this situation's awkward. I don't know if I can be funny right now. I also like the, it's a very small thing that Stallone does Mm -hmm. physically when, where he like touches the door. Oh, and it's it's almost, it's almost as if he, he was to, were to like stroke Adrian's cheek. Yeah. But the door, it's just really sweet. And it's a really, small touch that I really, really loved. There are many small touches throughout this film that just add up to such a great, great experience. And in general, I just, uh, there's one scene that we'll talk about in a minute, but in general, Adrian and Rocky are extremely sweet with one another, Mm -hmm. but not in like an, get a room you two way, but like a genuinely just so sweet together. And I love it. Yeah. It's not, it's not the sweet, I've given myself completely over to you. It's the sweet, I support you, but I'm my own person still thing. It's so genuine. Yeah. It's so genuine. And it's it's in all of these small ways that I really love. Um, but I love when Adrian opens the door and she's in her coat and her hat and she's got her purse. She's like, she's ready to go. Time to go. But the look that she has on her face where it's like, I'm going to go. I'm over your shit, Polly. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing with the character of Adrian is we see her at the beginning in such 
with such a lack of self-confidence that it's such a treat to then watch the character grow throughout the rest of the movie. Like she, Mm -hmm. I like, I love that she has her own character arc and that it is given so much attention because I feel like in a lesser film, the character of Adrian gets sidelined. Agreed. The comment that Mickey makes about not being distracted by women, like that would have been taken to heart in a lesser film and Adrian would have not been a distraction. And I put that in massive air quotes. So the fact that they give her the screen time and the space to grow and have us care about him, her, him, her. But then Rocky also gets to grow through that relationship. I just, the, the way that that relationship just evolves both those characters is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like we see it start on this first date in the ice rink. Yes. The contrast here between Rocky trying to so lovingly cater to what Adrian wants to do while basically working over or trying to work over the Zamboni operator in the ice rink that's closed. I love it. It's like they're negotiating for 10 minutes and how much it's going to cost. And ultimately he just caves at the original price. I just, the fact that it went to that just speaks volumes to how important it was to Rocky that this happened that way. And yeah, it's just so and I sweet. Like that he, he uses some of the money that Gazo gave him because earlier yeah. Gazo gives him 50 bucks and is like, uh, I heard you're going on a date with like that girl, Adrian and Rocky's like, how'd you hear? He's like, I hear things. I hear things. I he love just that. Knows from Gazo. He's like, you don't, you don't think I hear things. I hear things. Um, <laughs> but he gives him 50 bucks and is like, show her a nice time. And I like, I, the way that like other people care about Rocky just reinforces to us what a genuinely good person he is. Yeah. Um, I do love that, uh, that scene on the ice rink was originally supposed to be like, like they were supposed to have extras. The rink was supposed to be open, but they couldn't afford the extras. So oh, they rewrote it so that it was closed. I know it's brilliant. I there's, I'll highlight a couple other things in this film that it's like brilliance happened because the budget was really like small and they couldn't afford uh-huh. to do certain things. And I love that. I do think that sometimes tight budgets really do lead to like some great filmmaking decisions because them skating and it's Rocky doesn't have the skates on. So he's like running on the ice, shuffling on the ice next to Adrian. Who's Could he skating. not skate? He says, uh, it's bad for his ankles. Oh, that's right. Uh, no, I was thinking like Sylvester Stallone couldn't skate or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Eh, anyway, I like it. Anyway, I love it's the good. visual. And and we start to see Adrian kind of open up and talk for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I love the part where Rocky says something about like, um, or Adrian asks a couple of times, like, why would anybody want to be a fighter? And I love Rocky's because I can't sing or dance. Um, but he also talks about how like, I'm not that smart. So I, f- I figure, you know, I got to use my body mm-hmm. and Adrian laughing. Like we, when we get to see her, like actually laugh. And then she says, well, my mother told me the opposite. She said, you don't have much of a body, so you better develop your brain. And so it's the idea that like these two people both have like insecurities about themselves, mm-hmm. but they're like kind of the opposite. And as Rocky says later, they fill gaps. Uh, the way he put that, I just love it. And the fact that Polly didn't get it was perfect for Polly's character. But right. after the ice rink, we get to a scene that both Maggie and I definitely take issue with. 
It's the only scene in the movie that I think isn't perfect. Agreed. So this is where they're back at Rocky's building. He's basically trying to get her to come in, hang out for a little bit. I think that we pretty clearly know as the audience that his intentions are ultimately good. She does not. Yes, we've... This scene is problematic because it's very clear that Adrian's uncomfortable and it feels like she's kind of coerced to go into his apartment. Mm -hmm. She says a couple of times that like she needs to go. Rocky's like trying to get her to stay. At one point she starts to go for the door and he blocks her from the door. And it's like red flag, red flag, red flag. All yeah, over the place. It, it ends up with them like making out on the floor of the apartment, but it feels icky and it feels out of character for him. Yeah, it's the way that scene kind of positions him, at least from a modern lens, feels very predatory. Um, and that is not Rocky's character at all. No. And and it feels so counter to like the relationship that Rocky and Adrian have mm-hmm. and build throughout the movie. So I think we we don't want to go too into this. Ian and I actually had a long talk about yeah. the scene <laughs> before recording because we kind of needed to like talk out our feelings about it. And I think where we've landed is that in order to feel okay with this scene, four things kind of needed to happen. One, it needed to feel less like she was coerced into the apartment. Yeah, she needed to want to go in and accept going in like of her own volition. Two, he needed to recognize that she was uncomfortable and said she needed to leave. Three, he needed to not bar her way to the door. And four, it would have been nice if she had initiated the kiss because the way it currently is, is it feels like she's backed into the corner a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or literally. (laughs) Literally backed into a corner. Um when he like goes in for the kiss and she's like very tentative about it. I did read that Talia Shire had gotten the flu. Oh boy. (laughs) And was very worried about giving it to Sylvester Stallone, which is partially why like her kisses are like so tentative. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't actually originally supposed to be shot quite like that. Yeah. This is the only scene in the film that I think I have any issue with that I don't think is utterly perfect. And I, I, yeah. And see I still maintain that you could have pulled off that development, like with some scenes in the ice rink, like maybe she fell and all of her stuff fell off. And that's how we get those lines about her eyes and her hair. And then maybe some scene out in front of her house. But, and I get that and I hear you, but I also, I think that there's some important character stuff that happens in the apartment talking about like, that's more conversation about like, why would anyone want to be a fighter? And we get a little bit more of like Rocky's philosophy and kind of learn a little bit more about him. Yeah. And I hear that and disagree. So we can disagree <laughs> on this one. <laughs> we disagree. So um, I think that that pretty much sums up the initial development of all of the characters, which I know that that was a lot on that. So well, um, there's one we haven't quite talked about yet. We're going to so yeah, we're going to backtrack a little bit and we're going to talk about Apollo Creed um, because up until this point with Rocky, it's very much been about like Rocky's emotional journey and like his relationship with Adrian. Sprinkled throughout all of that is Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed is the heavyweight champion of the world. Apollo Creed is the fucking best and he knows it and he's proud of it and he wants you to know it. 
I love Apollo Creed. I, do too. I think he's phenomenal. And I, Carl Weathers is so, so good as him. Um, but we, we see glimpses of him on like TVs. Like he's on the TV at the bar and like the bartender makes a comment and Rocky's like, uh, excuse, he like calls him a clown or something. And Rocky's like, excuse you, that's Apollo Creed. He's <laughs> the best. And so we're establishing like Rocky's respect for Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a bit of almost like idolization to him too. Like, mm-hmm. like that is a successful fighter who has people's respect yeah. and that's what Rocky wants. We not only see Rocky's kind of opinion of him, but we also get to see some sides of Apollo where he is whip smart. He understands the entertainment value of these fights. He's a businessman. Yeah. And so that really sets him up to be this foil for Rocky. That is just works so well. Um, yeah. But ultimately, the fighter that Apollo is supposed to go against has a broken hand. Well, and it's supposed to be this big thing. Like, it's the bicentennial, Mm -hmm. like the U.S. bicentennial. Apollo is like, I'm going to put on this big show. But like you said, the guy he's supposed to be fighting breaks a hand. And this is where he comes up with this brilliant, like, oh, rags to riches fighting concept. Yes, they can't get anybody else because everybody else is like, oh, five months is not enough time to train. And Apollo is like, okay, you know what? Fine, we're going to spin this. Rags to riches. I'm going to give a homegrown Philly boy an opportunity at this title. <laughs> and basically, he the way he's pitching it, he's like, oh, it's going to be a great show. Mm-hmm. Giving us like the marketing concept and it's great. And he... It's like flipping through a book in one scene that I'm assuming has all the like fighters or something in Philly. And he finds the Italian stallion, a.k.a. Rocky, and is like, I'm going to fight this guy for no reason but his name. Yeah. He's like, I love it. And like Christopher Columbus discovered America and he was Italian. So like, what's better than like me fighting an Italian on the bicentennial? Um, Because uh Apollo Creed is black. And I love that you have a very confident, capable black man mm-hmm. as this character. And they, they don't go like super into, I guess, race with this, but it is always there. And they do actually have a comment about like, what does it mean that a black man is fighting a white man on the this bicentennial? Yes. So, And I love that Apollo turns it around and goes, well, what does it mean that a white man is fighting a black man on this bicentennial? But like, it's, it is what it is. And I'm going to put on a damn good show. Yeah. And I love that. Um, it also brings up the first time that we hear that Rocky is a Southpaw. Yes. Rocky explains what a Southpaw is in the rink to Adrian. But he's left-handed. And apparently Apollo should avoid Southpaws, according to his uh, advisors. <laughs> uh, his advisor with the amazing checkered coat. Yes. I so many good coats and blazers in this one. Also, Apollo dresses amazingly. It's like three piece suits all the time. It's lovely loud ties. I love it. Yes. Um, but the the idea is that like southpaws are more rare and it can like throw off a, his rhythm. And so mm-hmm. his advisors are like, eh, let's not mess with the southpaw. But Apollo's decided what Apollo wants to do. And like mm-hmm. you don't get to tell Apollo no. Right. So because he's Apollo. He's the best. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, obviously. So fun little sidebar really fast. I I can't remember whether this was like a Radiolab episode or This American Life or one of the one like NPR podcasts, but they did an episode talking about left handedness and 
some research points to an evolutionary link where left-handed fighters tended to be better against right-handed fighters because right-handed fighters didn't know how to counter them as well. And that is why left-handedness has not died out or didn't die out. So it, cause you, you were like, I'm expecting the sword from the right. Oh shit. Exactly. So just fun little Southpaw thing going on. But this is where we get to, I'm going to say the sports part of the sports film. Yeah, like the training and then the actual fighting part for sure. Yes. So, yes. But don't worry, you guys, because this isn't just any sports film. We continue to get amazing character throughout. Oh, we do. So, one, the first day that Rocky gets up and trains, this scene, this long shot on him cracking like half a dozen eggs into a glass oh, and chugging I them. Hate this. I, hate I this. do too. Props to you, Sylvester Stallone, for drinking six eggs um, uh. <laughs> but it's like you hear the radio in the background oh it's 28 degrees it's really cold out it's dark he's running you can tell that it is a tough thing the acting and then honestly set design setup all of the soundscape like all of it just adds up to be this amazing product that shows you how hard it is and how committed rocky is Okay, and I the most famous shot from Rocky is the run up those steps. Mm -hmm. We get it twice. I know. I love that the first time it's hard. Mm -hmm. You don't have the inspiring score behind him. He's winded. He's got a stitch in his side. It's like the gritty side. Yes, we get to see like that he he's got to put in some work. Like he's got to get ready for this. Fun fact: This was the third film that Steadicam was used on. Steadicam was basically created in like 74 or 75. And this was one of the first they used it. Oh, thank God they used it. Cause I would not be able to follow any of these training scenes. Otherwise I would have like thrown up. <laughs> <laughs> we also get, uh, the scene with the television interview. Yeah. Which so sweet with Adrian and Rocky there and her costuming. She no longer has glasses, which part of me is like, don't change for no man. But I know uh, the official well, the official stance uh, for the best pictures podcast is that glasses are sexy and it has nothing to do with the fact that both Ian and I have glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but that is our official stance. Um, though neither of us are wearing them right now. It's fine. I just realized I am wearing corrective lenses. They're just invisible right now. <laughs> I'm not because I don't have to see far away to to podcast. So um but let's talk about Adrian's costuming for a second. Yeah, We start seeing her. So originally it was all very drab, ill-fitting clothing. We're starting to see her wearing more color. Mm -hmm. Like she's wearing red in this scene. She's not wearing her glasses. Her hair looks like a little bit more polished. Uh, so we're starting to see she's actually like speaking up some to Polly, like the interview is a little awkward. You can tell that Rocky's not used to interviewing. He comes off a little bit bumbling. Well, and they like make some jokes at his expense. Like it's, they it's do. not great. They don't treat him great. Um, Polly is like, they made you look like an idiot. And you see Adrian speaking up to defend Rocky. And so we're starting to see her like actually being like, no, wait, like <laughs> I am a human being who deserves some respect. And so we're seeing her speak up. We're starting to see kind of this outward evolution of like her transformation uh, because of like their relationship. We get like the really 
sweet scene where he's been training really hard and mm-hmm. she's like kind of starting wants to like fool around and he's like Adrian I'm I'm like sore I like not right I, now not right now but then he um, goes up and apologizes to her for it like that was again just one more layer of him being so fucking sweet I just can't and she's like I get it mm-hmm well, and one little like aural touch that they have every time is they have their like really sweet soundtrack come in when he's doing these really sweet th- things. So it's like, yeah, it's just like a little sting, mm-hmm. but it makes oh, such a difference. I yeah, the, the little scenes of just watching them be supportive of each other and encouraging of each other or just it makes your heart glow. It does. So sweet. And the culmination of all of this is one, we get a training montage that personally, I think it went really, really well because they did not drag it on. So this was actually with uh, Mickey in the gym, all the stuff he's doing, impressive physical feats. And it ends with him, as you mentioned earlier, running up the stairs like two at a time and victorious music. Fists in the air. They ended with slow-mo, which I found to be extremely off-putting, but that's fine. I'm fine with it. It was a choice. Um, That's an Ian (laughs) issue. I'm here for it. We also have within this training scene, um, a scene with Polly and Rocky. It seems like Polly's drinking is getting worse. Yes. Rocky goes to see him like at the, the meat plant and, uh, Polly says some awful things about Adrian and is basically like, are you fucking my sister? And it's like, well, Polly, they are dating and you did set them up. So like, what did you like? You were the one who made Adrian go on a date with him. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, Polly, this is like, you said, this is what you wanted. Like you wanted your sister out of the house to date somebody. Yeah. Stop acting like this is an, well, an issue that you need to be involved in. (laughs) Yeah. One, it's none of your business Two, Like this is what you wanted. (laughs) But I think what we're seeing here from Polly is that he's just a miserable man and he doesn't like seeing other people happy. And he also doesn't like Adrian starting to stand up to him. Mm -mm. I do love that that particular scene does open it up for Rocky to start training on sides of beef. Which we get that beautiful like news com- uh, interview thing that Apollo's people see, but Apollo ignores, which is just perfect for Apollo's character. That is one of the few times like we see Rocky truly angry mm-hmm. at someone else, and he's very careful that he does not take it out on Polly. He just takes it out on the side of Beef, and I love just the part where it's like you're cracking the ribs. So it also is setting up mm-hmm. some stuff for the final fight. We are getting to see that like. Rocky hits like a fucking truck. Yes. But it's also this wonderful character moment between Rocky and Polly, where Rocky's basically telling Polly, like, back off, Adrian. Or you will be this side of beef. It's, oh, so much work is done in that scene. And the end visual with his bloody hands, like, oh, <laughs> it's great. That scene is so good. They just, oh, every every one of these scenes, I feel like the movie just does so much with it. Mm-hmm. Like no scene is doing just one thing and it's oh yes. chef's kiss. Beautiful. So kind of culmination of this section is a it's around Christmas time and it is the scene that we have all been waiting for. Not the fight, but Adrian's moment. Oh, it is a fight. It is a fight. <laughs> but it's not the fight. <laughs> it's not the fight. No, this is, I think, my favorite scene in the entire movie. It is Christmas. We have seen Polly drunkenly walk 
home, we know that's not good and that Polly's in a bad mood as Mm -hmm. Rocky one time says to Polly, you're always in a bad mood. And I'm like, that's Polly. Um, Polly gets in there. We have, oh my God, I love this shot. In the foreground, there is Rocky sitting in an armchair. Adrian's sitting like kind of on the floor next to him, like leaning on his leg. And they're watching TV and they're talking about Polly. Yeah. And about how he wants Rocky to introduce him to Gazo, but Rocky's like, I'm not gonna do that. Like, I can't do that. Like, you know, he's he's Polly. I can't yeah. do that. Adrian's agreeing with him. And you see from the kitchen. So the way that this house is set up, you have the living room, and then there's like a wall and a little hall. And we know that like behind that wall is the kitchen. You see light as if the kitchen door has opened, and you just see Polly's shadow. And then we see him creep in and watching them talk about him. And I love that when he finally speaks up, they both whip around and it's immediate tension. Yes. So good. And this is where Adrian finds her voice like super fast. I know you were texting me when you were watching this. um, And I I don't think you've seen this movie a million times the way I have, but uh you were like, oh, I wish Rocky would like say something to Polly more about Adrian. I was like, no, 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 no. She'll stand up for her own. I, I was like, he says just enough because then the moment where Adrian finally feels like she can and should say something is so satisfying mm-hmm. because Polly's over there yelling about them dating, yelling about how like he's so nice to her and she just, she owes him and that just breaks her. Finally. She's like, what do I owe you? You're terrible to me. Like I cook, I clean, I look after you. I don't owe you. I think she says, I don't owe you nothing. The other line in there that I loved is her talking about like only a pig would say that. And Polly says, I'm a pig. Like, uh, the writing so great. <laughs> well, and her, her, I love her just being like, you always treat me like a loser and I'm not a loser. And it's like, you're like fucking yes, mm-hmm. you're not Adrian. You're, you're great. And you don't deserve to be treated the way that like he's been treating you. And I love the idea that like, we've seen the way she and Rocky support each other and how it's like, finally, like it's helped her realize that like, Oh, she doesn't deserve to be treated shittily. And that like, she has someone to back her up finally uh, because Polly then grabs a bat and is like swinging it around. Yeah. It turns a bit violent, but he shrinks so fast, so fast. But to cap off this amazing scene is this amazing ending where we get this super big scene, violent, loud, lots going on and decompressed to something where we see Rocky walk in to Adrian's bedroom. She's just sitting there quietly and simply asks, do you want a roommate? Which one, the phrasing on that so unique, but so perfect because she's not making it more than it is, but it's clear that she needs out. Well, I, I like the decisiveness of it Mm -hmm. where she's just like, I'm fucking done. Like I have to get out of here and I'm going to get out of here. So it's the, you need a roommate. And I love his absolutely. Like, it's just like done. No questions. Zero questions. So that kind of wraps up that that bit of movie. And we're now quickly rolling into the final scene, the final fight that is amazing. 
So on fight night, Rocky starts to get cold feet and you can tell that he is so worked up. Like he goes to the venue. He sees himself He's on nervous. the he can't poster. Sleep. He, I love, oh my God, he does another cute little sweet thing for Adrian when he's like, it's clear he can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So he's like going out to walk and he just like pulls the covers up a little bit higher on her and make sure that she is warm. And he's the one on the couch too. <laughs> it's just, it's sweet. <laughs> because that bed is not small. Yeah, I was like, not big enough for two people. It's tiny, but still. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it work. You can make it um, work. Um, but yeah, him going to the large empty venue and okay. This is in this final Fight. There are a couple of things that I really want to highlight. We're talking about like the budget leading to brilliance. Mm-hmm. So Rocky's looking at these massive banners. There's one of Apollo, one of him, and the banner of him has him wearing red trunks with a white stripe. And like the, I guess I'm going to say, is it Apollo's manager? I think it's, it's his the manager, fight right? Promoter. Or the, okay. Um, is there and it's like, you know, Talking to Rocky, I love the way that guy is shot looking like from below, looking up with the Apollo banner behind him. Um, It harkens back to the original opening where where you have Jesus up above there. There are some like slightly overwrought Jesus parallels here that I'm like, "Eh," but but I'll take it. He's an Italian Catholic. True. But I mean, more like I'm stereotyping hard right there, but I don't know. I don't think it's overdone. I don't think it's overdone. I just. I don't know. I'm always, I, I always give a little bit of side you don't like eye any, to You don't like any Jesus religious allegories. anything. <laughs> well, actually I was reading it's, um, there's in Rocky's apartment, there's like a reproduction of it's like, I can't remember which saint it is, but it's like one of the saints and it's the, the story of like someone being lifted up from obscurity and given a chance. Oh, that's cool. So that's the allegory. It's not, okay. it's not always a Jesus allegory, Ian. I know that's the only one, you know, <laughs> it's the only one I know. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Wait, but it was was that per, the the painting on the wall at the initial fight that saint? Then? I'm not sure. I don't know if that's also that saint or if that was supposed to be Jesus. Okay, because if it's that saint, I'm much more on board. Well, I I even if it is supposed to be Jesus, I like the contrast of like this what's supposed to be a symbol of peace and love, and then you pan down into a brutal fight. Okay, fair. <laughs> I agree with that that contrast. I love that. Uh, but anyway, so talking about these banners. Um, and then Rocky points out, well, like I'm actually like the banner's wrong. I'm actually wearing white trunks with the red stripe and the promoter's like, it, it no doesn't one's matter. Gonna notice what does it matter? And okay. The reason that that banner is wrong is because I, I've read a couple different things. Either they like switched up his costume at the last minute, or it was just a mistake by the props department, but either way they didn't have a, the budget to redo the banner. So Stallone just wrote that line for it. Oh, that's so good. Not only does, is it like a, Oh, well it explains why there might be a mistake, which very few people would notice. And if people did notice that mistake, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Watch this amazing movie. Don't focus on that. But it does some amazing character stuff for Rocky. Mm -hmm. Like he's worried about the details, Ian. And everybody else is kind of like, it doesn't matter because everybody's written him off. Well, and it becomes clear during the fight, too, that Rocky doesn't understand that this is a show, not a fight. Also, well, because no one fucking told him. Also, why? Like, you're given a shot at the title. Why would you not actually Don't throw that shit go away. for yeah, it? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, well, and like you you get the hints when like the news station is um, does the interview about him, like punching the, the meat in the meat packing plant. Um, 
but you there it cuts to like Apollo's crew and they're talking about like the fight and Apollo's saying like oh this is what we'll do with the marketing like all of this stuff but one of his people is watching the TV and watching Rocky train and is like um I think you need to see this this guy's serious and and good and Apollo's like no yeah 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 sure sure so it's like everyone has written Rocky off but they won't for long uh I just it's good. I love with where the doctors are like kind of doing like the before physical on each of them. Mm -hmm. And it's cutting back and forth between Apollo and Rocky and they are both in game mode. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be where I was going to move next is like, they know what they're doing and we see Rocky pray for the first time. Like it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he has this really touching scene with Adrian as he's about to go out where it's like, you better be here when I get back. <laughs> I know he's still joking and she's so worried about him. Like he's just, he's trying to mask it. And I feel like through a lot of the movie, we've seen like the difference between public and private Rocky. Mm-hmm. Like you see his private pain, um, but publicly like he's Rocky. He's like the happy guy. Like he's, he doesn't want to bring anybody else down. And so you can really tell when he's like close with Adrian because he's like showing her some of that pain. Uh-huh. Oh, but even in the last one, he's like joking with her. Uh, he has the line about the robe being too baggy mm-hmm. and it's got the meatpacking plant on the back because Polly was like, I thought of a way to make some money off your name. And I love that Rocky's like, you know what? If you can make some money, off, like do it. That's fine. But uh, apparently the robe was actually just a little baggy. And Sylvester Stallone's like, I'm going to say something. <laughs> And wrote a line about it. And again, it, though it reinforces that like Rocky cares about those details. He cares about how he's perceived. Well, and I think that's a comment on how perfect Sylvester Stallone was for the part that. Yes. It, it's one of those situations where because he wrote it and understands Rocky at a deeper level than probably anybody else. He can make those changes that add to the film. Yeah. So it's it's great. Oh, it's so good. All right. Ian, the fight itself. Oh, no, the entrances first. Oh, yes. Rockies is, yeah, just don't get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I can't believe that, too, because I, Rockies is kind of like a normal bland entrance. But holy shit, Apollo's. I love Apollo's entrance. It's like it's multiple so statues good. of liberty in the silver body paint. The man is an entertainer. Paint. Oh, my God. And it's the, I want you. <laughs> He is dressed like George Washington. He is carried in on a boat like the famous uh, Washington crossing the Delaware. He's got the powdered wig. He throws off the cape. He's in his Uncle Sam suit with his red, white and blue like sequins like it all out. And yeah, he's doing the I want you. That's like the recruiting poster. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he's Mm -hmm. like pointing at Rocky. He's like, I want you. And he's like kind of like kind of going doing like the play like punches and stuff like that and oh it was it was great rocky did not understand what was going on and i loved that but he's also amused by it (laughs) i feel like he's also like he he respects apollo so i feel like he's also kind of enjoying the show a little bit himself um fight convinces it's brutal okay no 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 i love the way it starts though the way it starts is apollo's just kind of poking at rocky kind of toying with him it's clear he's not taking him serious until rocky lands the first punch and apollo goes down and the commentators and the comment like the commentator dialogue is so good they're like the champ's gone down like he's never gone down like that before and immediately there is a tonal shift in this fight for us as the viewer but for every character too it's no longer this fun show it is like a serious all out knockdown, drag out 
boxing match. Yes. And so um, the fight is 15 rounds. Uh, fun fact, boxing matches no longer 15 rounds because it was considered too brutal. <laughs> They're now 12. They cut three rounds off of them. Um, we see really four full rounds during this. And the way this is edited and what they chose to show is so brilliant because we see kind of those first two rounds. And then we see the like um, the women with the like round number who are all like Statue of Liberty complete with like full sparkly body paint. It's great. And we see like round numbers going by and we get the idea that like it's going on and on and on and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And the whole thing going into this fight that Rocky tells Adrian is that he just wants to go the distance. He can't win. He doesn't think he can win. He's like, I can't win this. Um, I like that Adrian doesn't do a false like, yes, you can believe in yourself. And so she goes, what are we going to do? And he's like, I just want to go the distance. And so we're seeing him now go the distance. And it's, it is brutal. Like you said, it's so brutal. So, so, some of the scenes that I love that they focus in on are the like between round recovery pieces. So also Rocky gets his nose broken and has to have his eye lanced to Ooh, that part. That it's like, bit. cut me, cut me. I'm like, Oh God, don't take a razor blade near his eye like that. <laughs> oh, that part I have to, but look Apollo too is rough. Rocky breaks a rib concerns about internal bleeding, like all this stuff. So like we can see inside both fighters, like minds at this point and understand their conditions in a way that neither of them really get. And it just heightens the stakes. Yes. And Stallone and Weathers both absolutely nail the acting on this. Like by the time we get to that, like 14th round, 15th round, like they are dragging it looks brutal. They look exhausted. They look beaten. I mean, just their both of their performances on that is so, so amazing. We get to the 15th round. Apollo knocks Rocky down. And I love this where you have Mickey just going, stay down, stay and down. He's like, no. And he gets up and you're like, oh, I want you to be okay. But also like uh, you want to go the distance like you can do this and you believe in him. I love that. Like when the crowd is yelling, it cuts to Adrian just sitting back, mm -hmm. like listening to the crowd roar. Cause she, like, she couldn't watch Rocky pulls himself up. I love that. Apollo is like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, I can't. Okay. Okay. I guess. And then just those like final punches go to, they've kind of, they're like locked. I, I was going to say they're hugging, but they're not really hugging. They're just kind of like locked in to each other so that neither of them can punch the other one. Cause they're both well, like at the, this. At the very end though, though, Apollo was up on the, the ra rails, not the rails, the, the ropes. ropes. Thank you. Um, and Rocky was just like going at him, going at him. And they end the round there. And the final, the bell rings for the final bell and like everything just erupts and through all the chaos, um, you have Apollo just saying, ain't going to be no rematch and Rocky going, don't want one. I so good. So good that they're both like done. Okay. But then it gets better. Ian, it does get better because I love that whether or not like who won, like we, we do learn like they're announcing who won. They announce Apollo won and everything, but that's such beside the point. And it's yes. treated as such in the way that they film it and yes. design the sound. Like it's clearly de-emphasized. That's not what matters anymore. What matters is that he 
he went the distance and that he and Adrian love each other because that's when he starts shouting the like, yo, Adrian, Adrian, as they're like sticking mics in his face and trying to interview him. Rocky, Rocky and trying to get through the crowd. She gets there and gets into the ring and then they just hug and I love they tell you. each other they love each other. And that's the it's line you so end good. with. The fact that you end with that line. It's so good. Oh my God. I just, oh, I'm like tearing up. Yeah. And let me be clear here. I don't give two fucks about boxing, but I care about Rocky. The characters are key. That is the key to any good film. Mm-hmm. Oh, And like when I said, I was like, yeah, it's a sports film, but I don't think of it as a sports film. Because to me, the sport is the vehicle for the character. I consider it just like a great character drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to talk about stakes really quickly. Yeah. The stakes are pretty small, especially after Rocky's like, I, I can't win against him. Mm-hmm. I just want to go the distance. It is such a small but relatable goal. And it just like what it means to him as the character, like they have set up his character so well that like, you are so invested in him by that end. And like, you just, you want to see, you want to see him get the thing that he wants. I also like that he doesn't win because I think if he did win, it would cheapen Apollo's character because Apollo is supposed to be the best. They've set it up. He is the champ. He's like never lost like all of this stuff. So I think if you have then Rocky, who is the amateur and who trained in a relatively short amount of time come in and beat him i think it completely cheapens apollo as a character which i don't want because i love that character i think it also would cheapen rocky's victory because it's like well if he is able to beat him then like he's superhuman like why where will we go from here yeah so instead i i like that he loses but still achieves his goal Mm -hmm. so i'm so it makes it satisfying and like happy even though he lost yeah and I, I just, I think that's brilliant writing. And I think that that's something I wish more movies and books and other media like did like you lose, but you still win. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the stakes thing you're talking about is like Apollo's stakes are apparently not that big, but Rocky's stakes are giant. Like this is the defining character, like defining moment of his boxing career. Yeah. So it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Highly recommend it. Last thing I want to do before we go into rankings is, as I mentioned earlier, I got major on the waterfront vibes from this, which honestly explains a lot to me because I loved on the waterfront. And I was like, I just love this movie so much. And then I realized how similar Rocky is to on the waterfront. And I was like, oh, I have a type when it comes to movies. I I like to see. Uh, inspirational success. So here are the parallels that I I came up with. Um, Both have a working class hero and are really a working class story. Uh, The boxing connection, OBS. In both, our heroes work for shady people but have hearts of gold themselves. Oh. Both end in fights. And for both of them, it's the small victory that counts. Like, it's the fact that you made it through and at the end you're still standing. Yeah. So, like, with this, we talked about Rocky. He went the distance, even though he lost the fight in On the Waterfront. He literally goes the distance to the door. He has to just walk into the warehouse in order to basically have, like, broken the crime lord's hold. And he does. And it's, like, it's the small, like, the small victory or the seemingly small victory that means so much more symbolically. Yeah. I need to rewatch On the Waterfront 
with this additional context. Because I agree with every point you made there. Thank you. Um, all right. Do we want to talk rankings? We should. I know where I'm putting it. Do you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've honestly known where I'm going to put this for a long time. And after watching it, it did not change. Uh, but I'll have you go first. Sounds good. So, um, uh, this is difficult. Do you want me to go? Do you want me to go first? No, it's a, I, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just working my way up to actually saying it. So it's in my top five. Uh, I'm putting it in at number four actually. So that is after all quiet on the Western front and before all about Eve. So, so what all would be above it? Uh, gone with the wind, Casablanca and all quiet. Okay. I can't, I can't fault any of those. Yeah. My top five, it's more like one A, B, C, D and E. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like neck, neck and neck. And honestly, at this point it's coming down to preference more than anything else because they're Mm -hmm. comparable in quality. Um, so with, with all quiet again, the images in that movie. Our top movie, five are so similar. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, but the images in All Quiet on the Western Front really stick with me in a way that I think Rocky does to some extent. But the fact that I've seen this before and I forgot some things, I'm so sorry. I um, was highly offended. It's, it's fine. That's that's my own problem. Um, it, it's got that staying power. And I think I find the bigger... I find the weightier message to just have more weight. I know that was like not a helpful way to describe it. I don't know if it's necessarily a weightier message. It's um, a broader message. It's a less nuanced message. The all quiet one. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's weightier because I think there are some very weighty things in Rocky. I'd agree. They're just more personal. And yeah, that that's the thing. Like when I say weighty, I mean like, on the whole. So I agree with the broad comment there. It's like more universal, more applicable, um, acting comparable, but all about Eve. I think the acting's better in Rocky than all quite on the Western front. I find those very difficult to compare on an acting scale just because of the times in which they were made. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's completely valid. Um, So I was kind of trying to avoid making too many comparisons there. (laughs) I think but, that's a valid um, point. For their time, uh, both both very well acted. Um, now, all about Eve. That's and it comes down to like the stuff in that felt more frivolous again. So acting again, superb. But the the themes of triumph and putting the work in and getting shit done. Not to mention all of the character development that you get from somebody like Adrian. Like I, I found that to be maybe not groundbreaking but one of the shining examples that we've gotten over the 49 films that we've seen um for for a supporting character like that so edges out all about eve that way for me um and that is by no means a comment on the performances and all about eve so don't want to hear it (laughs) but um yeah this was again very difficult to slot uh in my top five but i i think i'm comfortable with where i've put it yeah, I mean uh, uh, the things you have around it. Like I can't, I can't fault you for it. Um, it is my number two. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. Um, I just think it's so well done on almost every level. Um, so this would be my number two after Casablanca and before On the Waterfront. I definitely understand the On the Waterfront thing because it did what On the Waterfront did better. I don't know if it did better. Uh, I, I wouldn't it say did it did better. it better. It's I, it's not the same story. There are parallels, 
which like I said, that's why it makes complete sense to me that I would have them right up there together. So I'm like, oh, there are definitely some parallels, but they are telling slightly different stories and I think have slightly different messages. I just really adore Rocky and I think how much you love the main character of Rocky is a huge part of that. Cause like I liked the main character and on the waterfront, mm-hmm. but I, I, he wasn't quite as much of a sweetheart as Rocky was. Um, so I didn't feel for him quite as much. And also like the fact that I think the minor characters are more well-developed and have their own arcs. Like mm-hmm. Eva Marie Saint's character in on the waterfront is really good. And I really like her and I think her performance is amazing, but I don't think she has really a very strong arc like she doesn't change that much over the course of the film she really kind of like helps the main character change so i i like that like adrian has a full arc i like that polly seems to have an arc i like that um even if it's a bit of a devolution (laughs) right i like that apollo has an arc where he goes from not taking rocky serious at all to having a massive amount of respect for Mm -hmm. him so I think that's why it's going to go above on the waterfront. It has to go below Casablanca because Casablanca is Casablanca and it's basically perfect. Yeah. The performances, the cinematography, the lines, the writing and the that dialogue message, is so iconic. Again, that's like in the same, it's one of those, like we will triumph and it's we like with a capital W not just Rocky will triumph. So it's like, I, I find that more inspiring. When Rocky triumphs, we all triumph, Ian. Okay, but not in the same way as singing the French national anthem against the Nazi folks in your bar. Yeah, also something <laughs> I cry at every time, just like I cry at the end of Rocky. I just, there are certain movies that I will cry every single time because they make me feel all the feels. And I just, I have to cry. Hey, it's fine. I accept this. I also do that. Pan's Labyrinth does it for me every time. So it's fine. Other reasons, but. Interesting one. Oh, the ending. The ending just gets me in the feels. It's so sad. Well, but it's also in the mystical realism vein. So one thing that I love about um, that kind of genre of of Hispanic literature is that you don't always know what's real. And so depending on the mood I'm in depends on how I take the ending. And so like, do I think that it really happened or do I not? And so it's, I don't know, that's just fun. So anyway, as I got way off topic with Pan's Labyrinth. (laughs) (laughs) Wish we got to watch that one. Um, but yeah, so that's Rocky. Go watch it. Please. You won't be so disappointed. Good. It's so good. All right. Sorry, we got to do the sting at the end. I was just reveling in the wonderfulness <laughs> the that Rocky was Rocky glow. for a minute there and totally spaced out. Um, so join us next time. Um, until then, you can find us on social media. We are at Best Pictures Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um And you can also email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, review, and uh, go watch Rocky. Please do.